0: Well, good morning. Uh, Celeste did mention in her prayer that I might be a little nervous. Um, You see, this is my first time preaching. Uh, I'd have to go back about 20 years ago when my dad was the pastor and this church was actually in Coon Rapids. And as a six-year-old, I kind of watched my dad preach and I kind of thought, huh, I could maybe do that someday. And I always kind of thought of like, well, maybe I could do it to the side of my dad. And I just kind of sat there and daydreamed about how, yeah, I might preach alongside my dad someday. Uh, never really thought that that would come to reality here 20 years later. Um, <clears throat> so I guess this is 20 years in the making, but I didn't spend 20 years on this sermon. <laughs> um, so I want to get started today and think, have you ever been stuck in a situation have you ever been stranded somewhere, and you needed help, and this is pre-cell phone era, pre-smartphone, and you were stuck, and you didn't know what to do. You, had, you were reaching, you were hoping that somebody would come and help you, and nobody came. And at this point, you're getting desperate, and you're hoping that someone would come. You didn't care who, just someone needed to come help you. Well, that's kind of the story we're going for today. Uh, It's found in Luke chapter 10. Uh, It's the parable of Good Samaritan. And uh, Jesus paints this great uh, word picture uh, to a professor in the law or an expert in the law. So if you turn your Bibles to Luke 10 with me, we're going to start in verse 25. Now, Jesus being this master teacher that he was, he answered the expert of the law's question with a question. I don't don't know about you, but whenever I was growing up and wanted a question, I just wanted the answer. I didn't want to have to think about it. And that's how Jesus is a great teacher is he helped this lawyer get to the question by thinking about it. He made him think about it. And so his response, which was a great response, it was almost a, uh, response a two-year-old would say in Sunday school, Jesus, it was such an easy answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, then he wanted more. Now we must move up to about the five-year-olds who are always asking questions and want more and more and more. So he asks, well, who is my neighbor? And of course, Jesus could have said, well, it's someone who lives close to you or next to you or it's someone who borrows you a ladder or a some gas for your lawnmower when you run out of it or maybe two eggs to finish that cookie recipe, right? That's what a neighbor does. But he goes into this great word picture and, and kind of paints this story, and that's kind of one of my first points is, who is my neighbor? So we're going to continue reading in verse 30. Jesus' reply was, A man was going down to Jerusalem to Jericho, which was about a 17-mile journey, day's hike, eight hours. When he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead, A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed him on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and went to him and took pity on him. Now I'm gonna stop right there because I have to kind of give you some context to this. As the lawyer sitting here hearing this story, He's probably like, okay, yep, the priest, that makes sense in the same age. The Levite, yep, they're traveling to Jerusalem. But then Jesus throws the curveball in, which is the Samaritan. Now, in this day and age and in this time frame, the Samaritans were despised and rejected. Okay? They were half-bred Jews. They were the outcasts. Nobody talked to them. They avoided them at all costs. And, th- and that's where Jesus goes with it. So you can see it here. If you're visualizing the lawyer or the expert says, okay, well, Levite, yep, the priest. And then, wait a minute. You're introducing the Samaritan, and then you can kind of start assuming that he's going, okay, you see the wheels going in his head being like, he's going to tell me that that's going to be my neighbor, right? And, and Jesus does. Um, and he defines it as a neighbor is someone that we need to love no matter what. And he's introducing this character, of the Samaritan. Yep, even the Samaritan. You know, that's the person we need to love the people that are hardest to love. And sometimes we get a little selfish with our love and we don't want to love those people that are hard to love. We might pass by somebody on the side of the road who uh, may be homeless and we're like, well, I don't know if I really want to love that person because what are they going to do with it? If I show them some kind of love, if I give them some money or or something like that, they're just going to go take that money and, and maybe buy alcohol with it or drugs with it. Or do or we try to justify and say, well, it's their fault anyway. Why don't they just get their act together and, and go get a job? Which is kind of leading into that next point of mine is, why should we love our neighbor? <clears throat> well, because they did give you those two eggs for your cookie recipe. No. Because it's Jesus' commandment back in Matthew, and it's actually what the lawyer used as his answer the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So number one, it's a commandment. That's why we should love him. Number two, our neighbor we should love our neighbor because we're Christians. We call ourselves Christians. And it's a, it's the power of an example right there. If we want to be like Christ, a Christian, then we need to do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do in his ministry? He was constantly reaching out to those who were poor and powerless and the lame and the sick and the lepers and the Samaritans. He was constantly reaching out to these kind of people. Finally, we should love our neighbor because we have a changed heart. We've loved the Lord your God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have this changing, kind of a renewing. Uh, Paul actually talks about it over in Colossians 3 of Clothing ourselves with this, says three verse twelve. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive the Lord your God. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together. In perfect unity. Now, when we are loving our neighbors, and as Paul tells us, we need to clothe ourselves with each and every one of these: compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, all together with love. Because can you imagine what that would look like if you didn't clothe yourself with one of those? You get over to this person, and you say, "Okay, I have to love you, but I'm kind of in a hurry. Can you hurry up, please?" Like you don't have patience or if you're not compassionate about it yeah uh, you you're a homeless person and you know you don't look that great and you don't smell very good but could you hurry up I'm supposed to love you right that's not clothing ourselves with everything that Paul just talked about so we've looked at who is my neighbor why we need to love our neighbor now I'm gonna share with you how to love our neighbor and to do that i I looked up words from John Wesley, which was a Christian theologian. It's kind of a long phrase, and I'm going to break that down, hopefully, into some practical steps to help us. He said, Do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can at all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can. Now, in order to understand that fully, uh, we do need to finish up our our parable of the Good Samaritan, this great picture uh, that Jesus was telling. I'm going to pick it back up in verse 34. He, being the Samaritan, went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins, or Denali, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers, Jesus asked. The expert in the law replied, the one who showed mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And I wanted to hit that point again. The The expert in the law says, the one who showed mercy on him. He could have just said, the Samaritan. Two words, real easy. But that's how despised he was. He couldn't bring himself to say it. So he had to to say the full sentence, the one who showed mercy on him. Now, do all the good you can. When we talk about doing and going out, we have to put two together. You can't just go out and say, yeah, I love my neighbor, and then don't do anything about it. Uh, James has a great example of that in his book, chapter 2, verse 14 through 18, says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about this, his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action. instead, dead. But someone will say, You have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Now, the Levite and the priest are exactly what James is talking about here in, the, in verse 14. These, these men are faithful religious men on their way to Jerusalem, but they never stopped in a, and helped this man who was left for dead on the side of the road. They just walked right past him on the other side. So they didn't have their faith and their actions lined up. When we do that, that is when we are loving our neighbor. By all the means you can, the Samaritan ended up paying for this complete stranger, out of his own pocket. And two Denali is is two days' wages. So he just paid for a complete stranger, two days of his own wages, to help him get the help that he needed. And then he also said, if there's any more expenses past that, I'll pay for it. In all the ways that you can. Well, we know that, if we break it down, he helped him with his physical needs. He used his own bandages and his own medicine he helped him with his transportational needs he put him on his own donkey i mean he had to complete that journey on his on foot while this man was this stranger was riding on his own donkey and all the places that you can loving your neighbor is constant we we don't get to take a break from it we don't get to you know well i'm on vacation so i don't need to show the love of christ well i'm you know at my son or daughter sporting events, so I'm, you know, focused on their game right now. It it doesn't take a break. And when we look back to Jesus, it's a prime example. Everywhere Jesus was, he was constantly trying to further his kingdom and constantly talking about the kingdom of heaven. At all the times you can, to all the people you can. I kind of mentioned this earlier, that, yeah, we're even called to love our neighbor's that are hard to love, and when it's hard to do it. You know, you might be tired, and you're stressed out because of work, and everything is going on and coming at you, but you are still called to love that person that's difficult to love. A, a great saying that uh, some of us know, um, Teodor, the manager of the camp, always tells us, it's not what's coming at you, it's what's coming out of you. And that's just such a great phrase in this mindset, because it doesn't matter that person is or what their situation is and what all the excuses you can come up with. It's how you deal with it and how you show that love. As long as you ever can. The beauty of this Christian walk that we're on is we continue to get to understand Jesus and God more and more year after year. And we get to start seeing how much his love is for us. And, and you don't get that concept fully, I don't think, ever. You know, I, I thought I kind of had it figured out, and then I had my son Parker, and then all of a sudden I realized I love him so much. But then it's, that's my love to Parker is nothing compared to God's love for me. Right? And, I, and I can't stop loving Parker no matter what he does. Also, when we're, we're trying to understand this great love that God has for us, it never runs out of how we can find ways to love our neighbors. And the beauty of loving our neighbors is it has no age limit. You can't, you, you can't tell me, well, I'm only seven years old, I can't love my neighbor. Or I'm 77 years old, I'm done lo- loving my neighbor, I've done that. You know? And, and it, it's not an age limit on, well, I'm seven years old, I can't love my 77-year-old neighbor. No, there's no age limit because that's Christ's love for us. He always loves us no matter what. So, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, at all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Now, one last thing I wanted to hit before we conclude today is this love that we have for Christ. The love of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This, uh, this point is brought up greatly in uh, his book, Crazy Love. Uh, Francis Chan wrote it. And he talks about this unconditional love that God has for us. And then when we start reciprocating that love and we love God back, and we, we just have this crazy love going on, and actually on the front cover there's, an, there's two arrows. There's one up and one down, and that's just this love connection that we have with God, up and down. Well, when we understand that and we do that, we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength naturally his love for us is going to come down on us and it's going to come back up and the only way for it to go is out and to overflow and to go to our neighbors. And we we reach our neighbors by the love that we spread because we're filled with Christ's love. One uh, concluding story I wanted to leave you with, kind of a challenge, if you will, for you when you go out of here and you look for practical ways to love your neighbor. I, uh, I worked with someone, and she was a, became a friend of mine, and she said that she was driving to work, and she passed a homeless man. And she felt bad, but she didn't stop. She didn't give him any money, uh, but she was convicted by it. Second day, she drove past the same man again. Same thing. She's like, I didn't do anything about it. I felt bad. So that day after work, she stopped at a Target or a Walmart. I am not remember what store it was. But bottom line was, she went to the store, she bought a, a lunch pail, she filled it with some food, she filled it with, you know, some personal hygiene things, she filled it with, put a Bible in there and um, highlighted a few key scriptures and put a gift card in there, and, and she packed up this little um, kit that she was going to give to this homeless person the next time she drove past. Well, on the third day that she drove past, same place, same person that was supposed to be there, he wasn't there. And she said, well, it was tough that I didn't do something sooner. But then she said, I just kept it in my car, waiting for the next homeless person that I passed so that I could give it to them. And I just thought that that was a great story of how she was very intentional with how she was going to love her neighbor. And she did something that maybe took 15 minutes, and it was probably going to change someone's life. Just the amount of love that that's giving off and showing Christ. So I want you, as we leave today, to think about neighbors that you can love. Anywhere, everywhere, as we go out of this place. Very simple situations that we can find a neighbor to love and that we're called to love them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for uh, your son dying on the cross for us. We thank you for loving us unconditionally no matter what. Lord, I pray as we uh, go out today that we would love our neighbors, that we would uh, continue to show your love and just help us to reciprocate your love, how we love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen.